we can out hustle teams. At some point, that has its limits. Uh, so we had to come up with ways. How can we make them play more confidently? How can we find ways for them to be less afraid of coming out of the game with mistakes and you know, let's not miss shots short? Let's make sure that we're picking each other up and. and Den of Decisions with Jason. It's been a little while since our last episode. Um, a lot of exciting things happening in Chorus, so uh, good problems to have. But uh, I'm here as always with Jason Abramitis. Um, and today we're going to be talking about basketball, sports, and, and how it ties to business. Uh, so first and foremost, Jason, why don't you just give us a little bit about your background and obviously the level of basketball that you've played and, uh, and coached at. Yeah, I, uh, you know, as, as folks on the team are probably annoyed by, basketball's a big part of my life. Uh, it's a big part of my whole family's life. Um, so my father uh, played at UConn, and uh, my mother was a great athlete in her own right. She was a figure skater. I got none of that uh, kind of artistic <laughs> grace um, and, and a high-level one at that. But she uh, she was not quite as big as my dad, my brother, or I, um, or I am. I played uh, at Yale uh, after... Having grown up kind of a fat kid, not thinking that basketball was going to be an opportunity beyond that. Shot up a little bit in high school, got got better, and, and had an opportunity to play in college. Um, my wife played at UConn and in the WNBA for a few years, and uh, my brother played at Notre Dame and, uh, and is still playing professionally, uh, working out where he'll be this year. Um, so it's, it's been a big part of, of my life playing, and then actually after I graduated, uh, I was able to work out. On the side of consulting, uh, that I was an assistant coach at Wesleyan uh, for a year as well, and uh, had a lot of fun with that. Great group of guys. Uh, if any of them are listening, they won't deny that you know not the best basketball team ever. Uh, <laughs> Arch rivals of my school, Middlebury. So, but uh, but you know they they were just terrific guys who uh, who worked their butts off, and, and they were a lot of fun to, to coach. Even though a couple of them were older than me at the time, so that was a little awkward. <laughs> Well, and, and so, you know, I, we bring this up because obviously a lot of people talk about, um, you know, when I was interviewing coming out of college, it was it was always like, you know, did you play any sports and, you know, are you able to work on a team? And, and at a high level, that makes a lot of sense. But, you know, there's obviously, like anything, there's a little bit more nuance to it. So what do you think are some of the key attributes that you learned, um, both from a teamwork standpoint and from uh, just an overall uh, work ethic standpoint um, that translate directly to kind of day-to-day business. Yeah, I think there's the, the kind of corny and cliche uh, way that people look at some of the things that you get out of a team, but I, I look at it a little bit more practically that, you know, when you're a part of a team, especially as you go up in level, uh, there are things that are expected of you that there's no excuse that you can make for not being on time or not doing things that are asked of you. You know, there are no two ways but to do what you're, you've been asked to do. And I think that's extremely helpful in, in any environment, that not that you're uh, a totally uh, subordinate and, and uh, you know, just order-taking person, but when you agree to do something, that you do it. Uh, yeah. that's, that's one thing that uh, really value in folks who've been through an athletic endeavor where uh, you know, it's not that something came up and I just couldn't make it to this club today. It's, it's very different uh, expectation level, uh, sure. and so that's helpful. 
I think the the willingness to play different roles is, is helpful as well. I think um, you know outside of a handful of extreme superstars, uh, as we go through NBA free agency right now, there's yeah. a lot of people who have had to adapt to different roles as they go up at different levels uh, through their career. And, and you know everyone hits a point where they don't get to be the man uh, because that's or the woman, uh, you know that's what that determines that that's the highest level you get to play at. Sure. And so uh, if you've maxed out what you can can do as an athlete, then you've had to adapt to a different role. Uh, and I think that's extremely helpful as well. You know, I went from, uh, in, in high school, I was the state player of the year to in college, it was take charge, go get rebounds and dive on the floor. Sure. Uh, and that's, uh, something that I, I really value in people that are on the team as well, uh, on our business team and, and people who've been through teams. And then I think the other, uh, you know, part of, of what obviously everyone talks a lot about is, is helping each other, right? That it's not a zero sum game between me and my colleagues, right? That I, it's, you know, my promotion doesn't come at the expense of someone else. It's, you know, if, if we can uh, help each other, then, then we both benefit here. And there's obviously you know, elements of business where that's not the case, but I think especially in a startup, uh, that's a necessary mindset. Do you think when you were starting your own company that that was, at the forefront, or do you think that it's just inherently ingrained in your experiences that you know you ultimately said, you know, this is how my business is going to flourish? Or were you making a very conscious effort to say, I, I need to create this this zero sum, I need or this uh, this not zero sum uh, game? I need to create an environment in which people understand that they're going to wear multiple hats. You know, wh what do you think? You know, there's a lot uh, I've read lately about creating the right culture in a company, and I think that's something that's become more on everyone's mind as you're at any stage is, is making sure that you uh, don't just maintain a certain culture, but you continually improve it. And uh, part of that for me in, in getting started, part of that for me every day is thinking about, okay, how are we finding uh, a team that's taking stress off each other's plates because we are viewing each other as teammates? Uh, how are we creating an environment where we do go the extra mile because you know it's worth it to get in the gym and get more shots up it's it's you know it's not just practice is over and we get to go home it's there's, there's more to be done here uh, and i think that you know i've come from working in in bigger company environments where as a consultant at accenture i was, was working a lot of big companies where the backstabbing the effort that's spent on uh unproductive endeavors is, is there's just no capacity for it in a startup you, you can't have people doing things that uh, pull each other down or don't move things forward because it's there's things we have to, to punt till next month as it is. Uh, we, we can't punt more things because we've also got to overcome Joe's fighting with Bill and, you know, Sue won't help John and vice versa. Sure. Right. So so uh, let's play the, the analogy game here, right? If, if you know, you're talking about NBA free agency... You know what's what's an example of the of the team that that has not created that culture and has the backstabbing, and what's an example of a team in the league that that has uh, done the right things culturally? Yeah, I mean, I think there's the obvious example. You, you look to uh, the Warriors, where they they've got stars who are willing to accept that any given night it's not their night to to flourish, and I think that's something that uh, you know not everyone can be a superstar, but you know obviously we want to hire as many as we can accepting that some of them are not going to necessarily get to play that role every night. And that's um, something people need to swallow their pride and accept that if you're part of a winning team, is that better than, you know, being a great player on a team that nobody ever watches? Sure. Uh, so I think that's uh, an easy and obvious one to look to. 
Uh, obviously, I think you're, you're probing for me to, to needle the Knicks here for creating just a wonderfully terrible culture. <laughs> um, and yeah. For the listeners out there, I am a lifelong diehard Knicks fan, and they are a dumpster fire. Um, but. And I, I don't necessarily think that, you know, they've had a lot of bad luck as well. That um, I don't think that it's uh, it's totally fair to criticize all things uh, for all people. Like, luck plays a huge role in do you get uh, a person who just happens to make the right connection for you in, sure. in business? Or do you happen to get a draft pick that works out for you and, and you get to underpay for a few years? And sure. So, uh, but you can create the nurture the environment to... to give yourself the best chance possible to, to, to be lucky or if you're going to get lucky, capitalize on it. And certainly they're not an organization that has set that up. Um, they're going to, if they're going to win, they're going to win in spite of the things that they've put, the roadblocks that they've put up, right? You can. And I think, you know, the, the NBA is such a great uh, place to look for different strategies that work and different ones that don't. Uh, you know, obviously here in Denver, the, the Nuggets have done a great job and, and know a couple of the folks that are part of, of doing uh, what they've done over the last couple of years without true superstars. You know, Jokic uh, being the, the the best player on the team, uh, I'm pretty sure I still run faster than he does. Uh, he's... Uh, right, and, and coming into yeah. the league, he was he was highly uh, uh, he was not highly sought after. People thought he was maybe lazy. Uh, you know, he doesn't uh, fit the mold of, of a superstar, and he was uh, there was a lot of concern about him, and, and he's flourished in an environment that's enabled him to. Yeah, I mean, it, they, they've they've done a great job here of building a team around guys that play unique roles and, mm-hmm. and that don't have egos and, uh, and you know, everybody's got some sort of ego. It's, sure. it's just, they, they don't have the outsized egos that prevent the team from being great. Sure. Uh, and so they've, they've really exceeded expectations or, you know, if, if you look at the 76ers and how they were in a place where winning wasn't possible and, and they had to kind of accept that and, and, you know, trust the process as they say. And, <laughs> um, that's worked out fairly well for them where I think they've got a pretty, you know, they were Arguably uh, one shot they were from a, that a, championship. A, a very weird bounce away from, from winning. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, that's what we kind of look at as well on, on our team is, okay, so what are the things that we can be doing if we don't have a viable path to success today? What's our path to success long-term here? We're, we're trying to think about this long-term. Uh, if we don't have uh, you know the right pieces in place for what we need to be building and, and what we ultimately want to be, um, you know, it's easy in the NBA you define success as a championship. You know, in, in business, success can be defined in a number of different ways. And so, uh, for us, that's you know, we want to grow. We want to grow responsibly. We want to run a business that handles things uh, the right way and, and is ethical and uh, and is you know does right by our clients. Uh, and that's uh, sometimes those things are, are make trade offs with growth. And, and so that's where. We aren't this rocket ship growth company, but we also don't have headlines about how we misuse people's data or how we uh, do things that are getting us in the wrong part of the newspaper. Sure. Um, switching gears here just uh, to, to conclude things, but as you mentioned, you did coach a little bit. Um, and I think there's a nuance. In, obviously, coaching and playing are, are very different, but you know, as a coach, you're, you're, probably, you're taking over a group that's been coached by somebody else, right? You're not starting from scratch. It's not a startup. Um, whereas when you're a player, you know, you're coming in maybe with the freshman class, it's a whole new, you know, that that's probably a little bit more similar to a startup where you're building something uh, from the ground up. So as a coach, you know, what are some of the things that you have to take into account when you're, when you're taking over 
say, potentially an existing culture, but potentially something uh, that, that's not the culture that you want it to be, and, and you have to start making changes. What, what are some of the, the nuances there, um, and, and how does that fit with, with that business mentality? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that uh, my wife's coach uh, in, in college talks a lot about is that he doesn't coach effort, and I, I think that was one thing that we really wanted to avoid, is, is how can we have the team kind of carry that for us so that we can focus on things that are the next level up. And um, that's something that, you know, I look back in college when my coach coached effort and I thought, you know, he was wrong at the time. And I look back and it's like, oh, you know what, there probably was more we could have given. Sure. Um, and so I have a lot of respect for the fact that he saw that and, and stuck through that. But, you know, it's, it's frustrating on the other side as you're a coach and you see it from a different perspective that, you know what, there is more to give and I shouldn't be wasting my energy on this. So I think that's one big lesson where uh, you want to try and get folks that you're coaching, co folks that you're managing to take care of things that they ought to be able to take care, care of themselves. And a lot of that is handled through recruiting and, and finding the right people that don't need that. Um, you know, where we took over, we did have good kids who worked really hard and, and did want to be good at basketball. You know, they weren't huge. They weren't crazy athletic and, and that's you know okay now we're dealt this hand how do we how do we overcome those things and, and so we can out hustle teams at some point that has its limits uh, so we had to come up with ways how can we make them play more confidently how can we find ways for them to be less afraid of coming out of the game with mistakes and you know let's not miss shots short let's make sure that you know we're picking each other up and, and we're not you know there's there's weird things that you find and this goes to the zero-sum game uh, mentality when there's a, a culture of losing people on the bench sometimes are, are questioning decision you know why is that guy in the game we're not winning what's the difference like put me in um, and so overcoming that is, is another thing to deal with it if you're on the wrong side of of the divide between are you winning or losing right. it or can really spiral down. Yeah. yeah it can spiral downhill very quickly and that culture can can really get out out of hand fast how can you make sure we're having fun in this. We're, we're giving guys a chance. We're making sure that they're rooting for each other, right? That That's a really difficult thing to overcome in that negative environment. Uh, and I think we got there for the most part, despite the fact that we didn't have a, a great, hugely winning season. We did improve over the team that, you know, we, we took over for a coaching staff that was fired. And um, we did, I think, a very good job of getting guys to, to like each other, sure. uh, as, as trivial as that might sound. Um, and also to recognize that, you know what? Despite the fact that we're not beating that team, the right people are on the floor. Right? There's a reason why they're out there, and I know what it takes for me to be out there. Right? That, that's the other part of how you address that is, is communicating clearly that, look, you want to be out there. Uh, you know, good friend here locally, uh, Earl Boykins coaches a high school team, and he said he sat parents down early on in the season, first year he was coaching, and he said, if you think your kid belongs on the floor, I don't. I, I watch them in practice. I know who's better than who. I have a different opinion than you have. And if you think your kid belongs to the floor, tell him to go kick that kid's ass in practice. And then I'll put him on the floor. And uh, he obviously has an easier time saying that because he played in the NBA for a long time than I do, that he's got a better perspective on this. Um, but I think if you're in a position where you feel like you deserve more responsibility or you're just complaining about people sure. around you, then, you know, Prove it. Yeah. Go, go find something. Step clear out. expectations and clear guidelines. Is yeah, do something that you know uh, shows that you're an above and beyond type person to earn that responsibility. Uh, because it's it's not easy sitting in a coach's seat or sitting in a manager's seat 
to decide. These are not, you know, no, as a manager, you're not rooting against anybody you're managing, right? And you want them to be successful. You just, you have to make tough decisions. And sometimes that means people look pretty similar and, and maybe you made the wrong decision, but you didn't, you know, the, the person that you decided against giving a promotion to didn't make it easy for you. They, they didn't go that little extra mile that would have made the decision easier. Sure. That's great. That's a great answer. Uh, all right, last question. Who uh, wins the uh, Larry O'Brien Trophy next year? That's. Uh, I think it's a little too early to tell. We got about maybe twenty-four hours <laughs> left to see what the free, team. Free agency. Yeah, we haven't really picked teams yet. Um, yeah, depends but, on where Kawhi lands, I guess. As I, we're recording this, he he still hasn't decided. So. Yeah, I think that's that. That is. Go to the Knicks, Kawhi, if you're listening. That, that's the big, <laughs> big outstanding issue. It's also, you know, uh, it'll be interesting not just this year, but in two years with as everyone uh, comes back from injuries sure. to see how things play out. Um, and, you know, th- there's some rookies that I think will have an impact too. So, uh, yeah. Exciting. exciting. No answer. Exciting I, I, stuff. No answer. Good, yeah. good. It was a good no answer. So, uh, well, Jason, as always, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. We'll put. Uh, the link to the other episode in our show notes. Uh, if you have a topic or any ideas for future episodes, please feel free to let us know. Uh, you can email marketing at core.us. That's cor.us. And thanks for listening.